Welcome back, everybody, to another Eats Beat podcast, the most delicious podcast in the Metroplex. Bud Kennedy, how's it going? Hey, Rick, how are you? We we had a whole lot of pumpkin last week without you. I hope you didn't bring more pumpkin. No, I, I didn't bring any pumpkin, and I, I missed you guys, So, I'm, but I'm, I'm glad to be back. Uh, Nick's joining us, of course. He's always here on the uh, controls. Hello. Sp- driving as usual. <laughs> Nick, and speak up. That, that the last time I was driving, we yeah. got lost. Yeah, that so. was very low energy. <laughs> speak crashed, up. They yeah. crashed. Say, last time I was actually driving was pretty bad. So. Well, I had a topic I wanted to talk about today that may or may not be interesting, so I apologize ahead of time. Um, I was thinking about Asian food and the popularity, the growing popularity of Asian food in this area. You know, typically it's we're thought of as sort of the beef and barbecue and burgers and uh there's our mention of burgers but uh the review by anna kaplan this week's dfw.com of um a place called ume sushi and korean barbecue yeah, it's supposed to be really good i haven't tried city it view. Yeah, yeah she gave it a positive review and uh, i was thinking this fusion of sort of your sushi restaurant but also korean barbecue and and how um you could go almost five, six days in a row and eat at different Asian restaurants and still not get bored with the cuisine. Well, part of what's interesting about that is, that, you know, Korean barbecue is still something that is just kind of breaking in and and, and people are, are learning, you know, how good Korean barbecue can really be. Really I mean, good. you know, forget like the Genghis Grill stuff. I mean, right. this, is, this, is, this is a lot better. But the other thing that's interesting is the combination of that with sushi. And now you see all the cuisines of Asia you know, latch, latching on with sushi, and you see, uh, you know, Thai families have been in the sushi restaurant here, but you see uh, sushi in Thai, sushi mm-hmm. in Korean. You see, you know, sushi is, uh, and you see some of the best sushi chefs are, are you know, um, people who, who uh, is, you know, Tejanos or people even from a background in Mexico, but they come in and they know the fish and they know the, the styles and, and they become great sushi chefs. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think Korean barbecue is terrific, and I'm I'm glad to see it showing up in more places. Not just uh, Korean barbecue restaurants, but just it's showing up on on menus at non-Asian restaurants. Of course, Tim Love has one on. Yeah, I just I had to. I remember having to explain when uh, the first bulgogi. I remember was at Sonny's Hamburger Grill. We mentioned burgers again out <laughs> in North Maine. And he, he, he did a choice. Of, you know, he opened up and took over an old diner. And he said, well, okay, you can have either hamburgers or bulgogi. And people who came out to get hamburgers, he would give them little samples of bulgogi, trying to get them excited. And people loved it. It just, you know, kept, you know, snowballing from there. And, and now, you know, the, the, the Korean dishes are, are finally starting to break in the, the the you know the the sandwiches and the banh mi and all that yeah and I that I guess that's part of what I was thinking about I wanted to ask you guys where are some of your favorite Asian restaurants and this Asian and when I say Asian I'm talking you know obviously Thai Chinese um, Indian sushi whatever you think uh, falls under this big umbrella why it's becoming such a popular ethnic cuisine here um, um for like value and sushi we talked about this. A couple podcasts ago, but the sushi axiom, sushi sushi axiom, I'm <laughs> off of it today. Um, down at Montgomery Plaza is one of my favorite places for lunch because they have really good deals. Uh-huh. So that one I really love, and then for Thai food, I really love Thai Licious over um, by Central Market. So those are probably my two Asian go tos currently. 
but I have not had Korean barbecue yet, so I'm excited about it. Well, we're kind of really lucky here because we have, you know, two and really three, if you count the, the cousin of the, the best sushi restaurants in in the Metroplex. At least that's according to the critic from the other side of the Metroplex oh. who, who came over here, Leslie Brenner from the, that other website that – begins with a d uh, you know, came over here and and Edit that out please and, and said that and said that uh, and said that little lily sushi right. was, uh, you know, was do was better than any sushi restaurant in dallas and and um you know little lily's one of the he's got all new fish he's got you know eight or eight or ten new fish every week he puts it out on twitter he posts you know photos of his fresh fish he everything's done with with really elaborate style a lot of the fish i can't even think of the fish names but the, the, a lot of stuff we haven't seen here before he's doing a great job on camp Bowie, and then uh and these are both owned by the the Jerry Ho and his family, the uh, Tokyo uh, Cafe, Tokyo Cafe in Shinjuku Station. Right. And Tokyo Cafe is a little bit more of the standard, but it, it also has uh, you know a nice uh, sit down menu area too with uh, the beef bowl and things like that that people like. And then Shinjuku Station is a lot more of a bar atmosphere, a little more urban, mm -hmm. younger. Over it's on Magnolia. Over on Mary Magnolia. Yeah. But, you know, my gosh, that even just the basics there, the spicy tuna roll, I think, is the best I've ever had. And then they have all these great, you know, apple, wasabi. Um, they have all, all, you know, all these things that you'd never think. And they have pumpkin cheesecake we talked about last week. But mm -hmm. the, but they have things you never thought you'd see in a soup, in a sushi roll. And the, the uh, but the flavors just, just burst out. And you just, you know, you have all this, uh, you have all this tremendous flavor. It's all, you know, the fish is fresh. The flavors are fascinating, and uh, they have you know different kinds of, of uh, peppers and and uh, and ingredients that that uh, make it much more than just a sushi roll. Well, one of my favorite Asian places uh, where I've actually had Korean barbecue, but it's really more of a Vietnamese restaurant. It's a place called My Lan over off of Haltom uh, in Haltom City, yeah. off of Belknap, and there's a bunch of really good Vietnamese restaurants yeah. over there. Milan, too high, too dough. Right, and so that's another kind of Asian cuisine that sometimes we, we overlook but really is also real popular these days. And, and you know, you can f always find something familiar in a Vietnamese restaurant because if you go in, I mean, a lot of times there will be a pork chop and rice. And, and then because a, a lot of the Vietnamese cooking is influenced by the fact that that was French Indochina, mm -hmm. I mean, you also have this... You know, Cafe de Mon chicory coffee usually at the register, and you have you have French influences on the Vietnamese menu, and then and then you have the whole phenomenon of of pho and people wanting, you know, where's pho and more pho and the best pho. And, and we were just talking in our uh, meeting earlier about all the noodle bowl places that are popping up as well. That's another trend that that's coming our way so mm. it just doesn't seem to be slowing down uh which i think is a good thing actually although there are a couple of misconceptions about asian food it not really low calorie right <laughs> <laughs> well there's a lot of oil on some of it so that's true i mean i guess it does depend i think that you can go to an asian food place with good intention yeah, sushi order is, something yeah, fine. <laughs> that is not what you intended to go for so i think i think you could eat really healthy at any of them but I, at the same time, I think you can also eat pretty unhealthy. I mean, there's fried sushi rolls. That doesn't make it healthy right. for you. But I, I'm thinking more about Thai food and, and Indian food with, that I don't typically think of as being heavy food. Right. That often is much higher up there in calorie count and fat count than you would expect. Yeah. I happen to, to love both of those, but I, I don't eat that often. And right. one thing about Indian food is I don't 
I have not found a, a great sort of go-to Indian place. Yeah, the Indian foods, you know, I mean, that's buttery, and, uh, you know, a lot of it can be really heavy. You know, tandoor, I, I, we have tandoor and Maharaja, and people argue over which is better. I think tandoor and Arlington's probably better. They're both very uh, time-worn, 20-year-old mm-hmm. Indian, you know, standard restaurants. We don't have kind of a, of a new, hip Indian restaurant yet. Maharaja's on Hewlett. Tandoor's near UTA. Uh, generally, the good rule is if you want anything good in Asian food, it'll be somewhere around UTA. But the, uh, but you know, Tandoor's kind of the one to go to. Now we ought to ask Nick to like be our interpreter here on why Asian food has become the go-to uh, around college campuses. Why there are all these sushi bars around college campuses, and and what's uh, is it just considered lighter if you go have, su- uh, you know, sushi rolls for lunch? Is that better than a burger? Well, one, I think the exotic nature of sushi really plays into the 20-somethings becoming who you are, going to try everything. It's just kind of like, especially for in Texas, I feel like a lot of people, when you end up going to college, you're moving from a small town. So maybe not Metroplex people, but for me, I grew up outside of Austin. And so it's kind of like you're trying new things. And like even in Waco, I went to Baylor, and we had a sushi place that everyone kind of went to. And so I don't know if it becomes more prevalent because you only normally have one really popular one. Um, or if it's because it's a little more exotic, so people are trying it. But I mean, I definitely think it just has a draw for college kids. But then I think it stays with you. There's also um, kind of a communal feel when you go to a sushi restaurant, right. you know, sitting around the sushi bar. Even if you don't sit there, it it, it feels you know there, there's sort of a pageantry of, to the food because it's right. so pretty to look at, and, and they're and usually and you get a, lot a little of bit of that community feel like you get around a hibachi grill. I was going to say a lot of the time celebrations in college we'd go to hibachi grills because it's kind of yeah. fun, and you, it, it, I think college kids are looking for something to do that's also while you're at dinner. Yeah. Hibachi grills really answer. We that. didn't even mention those. There are several pretty really pretty good ones uh, around here, in addition to some chains and and then really you know where it all began. Japanese Palace out on the far west side has you know some excellent sushi rolls they have the the motel six roll and a, a lot of things that they've done for a while that, mm. that i mean they 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 weren't the first to have sushi here but they they have some of the best and i did want to talk a little bit about asian food at home mm-hmm. uh, one of the best places i've found for when i'm craving asian food but won't want to make it at home or buy it with my groceries is uh, trader joe's has really good stuff that you can either make at home it's probably not the best for you uh, they have some orange chicken and they have really great organic brown rice so it's kind of a a step into cooking Asian because I do feel like it's one of the more difficult ones to just kind of whip up <laughs> at home. Well, and there, um, there's some Asian markets uh, over in that Altum City area. We'll have to have our our weekend chef make yes. make a, a a visit to to the podcast and right. tell us where to go shopping for. That Asian would be food. a really good idea. So I I just think that that may have something to do with younger generations liking Asian food. It's becoming more popular at the grocers that they more frequent. Yeah. And, and Trader Joe's has good Indian dishes too. So sort of getting lost among all of the, the sort of, you know, fancier Asian foods nowadays is Chinese food. Right. Ha- having grown up in the Northeast, it was pretty much every Sunday we were, we did Chinese food takeout. That was what my family ate. And, uh, you know, there's not a great selection of Chinese food, uh, but but no. I've of course we've talked about Szechuan as really sort of the best in Fort Worth. Szechuan is kind of by default the best. You know, our our um, you know our parents' generation ate Cantonese restaurants, and when you go to Chinatown, the big cities, a lot of the really old traditional restaurants are Cantonese restaurants, and they're about the egg foo young and all that. Mm-hmm. And the, mm-hmm. and then something, and then this big deal happened in the '70s 
that uh, Sichuan and Hunan cuisine came in, and that was all this hot pepper stir-fry. And Texans loved it because we know all about hot pepper, and so we, <laughs> we love that. So you had uh, Hunan and Sichuan restaurants became so popular, they pretty much crowded out and ran off the Cantonese. There are still a few places, Autumn Moon and Weatherford and, and uh Hong Kong and Garland, places like that. And so Szechuan's kind of been the king of the hill for about 30 years. You know, we do have this this new place uh, in South Lake, uh, Howard Wang's China Grill. Right. It's a spinoff from Empress of China, and it's kind of the go-to place now if you want a, uh, a, you know, a, a flashy Chinese dinner. I mean, we don't have many places, but I mean, Szechuan's an old reliable, and Howard Wang's is kind of the new kettle of the block. Yeah, you just don't see, uh, other than Howard Wang, you don't see a lot of... Uh, new Chinese restaurants opening. You see uh, new sushi places opening all the time. Right. And, and, and a lot of new Thai restaurants because right. and we haven't talked much about Thai, but the, the hot pepper in Thai food is something that's that really caught on here too. And the, you know, you have the, the coconut curries and the, the, the sweet coconut, but then you have the you know, chicken with spicy basil that uh, some restaurants call it gap pao. Mm-hmm. And, the, you know, and that can be made three, four, five star. And I always say when they ask how spicy do you want mm-hmm. it, I'm kind of brave. I always just say, make it for me the way you like it. And, and that way I get to tell. And sometimes that's like, you know, explosion hot. But uh, but it's, uh, you know, a lot of those dishes are really great. And, and, uh, and you know, they, they laugh they, uh, when uh, we had the unfortunate uh, Navy Yard event. Uh, and it was a, a guy who'd waited tables in a Thai restaurant. I was on the radio in Miami. And they asked, the, and the host said, okay, bud, we got a question for you. I said, What's this with Thai restaurants in Texas? You know, <laughs> what are you doing eating Thai food? And I, I said, well, you know, it's so spicy. I said, they don't even tell them it's Thai food. They tell people here it's Mexican food and they love it. So, <laughs> and I, have, I have to uh, confess to not asking for it to be too spicy. I, yeah. I've, had, I've been burned literally a few times by saying go one or two more stars up from what I, what yeah. I thought of. Well, it just yeah. isn't enjoyable. So I, I stay in the medium range for sure. Happy Bowl at the Thai restaurant that I talked about, which is kind of the the, the uh, low-end, uh, the divey restaurant that everybody loves on the west side, is still going to be opening about two more weeks on West 7th in the Cultural District. So Happy Bowl is kind of the go-to little Thai place here, and we don't really have a flashy big one. Well, hopefully this topic wasn't too boring for you. I, I did want to discuss the Asian food explosion here, and I, I learned a lot, as I always do whenever I talk to Bud about food. So uh, Definitely added a lot more to my list of must-tries. <laughs> yeah, and so, you know, we we decided to move outside of uh, the typical burgers, and but we'll be back to burgers yeah. and, and beer next week because oh. we are getting ready to launch the DFW.com craft beer bracket. So. And we have to start talking about turkey at some point. Turkey, where to yes. eat for the holidays. Yes, uh, you will be Stuffing. Be we'll be we'll stuffing be, we'll you with be that. We'll be, we'll be your go-to podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Have a great week. All right. Take care.